welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I'm joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. You can reach us here at the Peaceful Ease podcast via the Peaceful Ease hotline, 24-7-365. Go ahead and give us a call. Leave us a message, any questions, comments, ideas, anything you want to share with Ela, really. That number is 424-625-5562. You can also email us. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com is our email address. And you can visit us online. The home of Peaceful Ease is PeacefulEase.com. I am so excited for part two of your interview, Ela, with Nicole coming up here in just a minute. But welcome to the show. And just going back to that first interview, is there anything that you want to kind of bring up from that? Because I listened to it again, and it just constellation is fascinating. I know, I know. And I really liked one thing Nicole said about emotion. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go back and listen to that episode first, because that's the magic. And then you'll see the person behind this magic and how she came about and what was her journey like. And one of the things she said was emotion is emotion, energy in motion. And I really like that because that's true. As long as the emotions flow or the energy flows, then everything is fine. You know, things come and go. Just like in that poem by the Rumi, you know, the guest house we read ages ago. It seems like ages ago. <laughs> we keep referring to it endlessly, but it's worth it. <laughs> it really wasn't that long ago. Well, we are more than 50 episodes now, so we can say that for us. <laughs> We're getting close to triple digits, that's for sure. But yeah, the guest house, that was a great poem. And yeah, I can see the similarity now that you bring that up. Yeah. So, and the, if you haven't listened to that episode, we'll link it in the episode description. But it's all about how emotions come and go and us being like a guest house. And as long as our doors are open, you know, emotions come, anger comes, love comes, disappointment comes, but they leave. The problem happens when we block the way, when we close our doors. And then the emotions are stuck inside or they accumulate in front of our door. And what Nicole said was exactly the same thing, emotions being energy in motion. And I really love that. And I would like to remind our listeners that just scan your body quickly to see, you know, what kind of things are stuck. Where do you feel a stiffness or pain? Is there anything tight in your body? And see what that's about and do that throughout the day and let it go. And now I would like to kind of give enough space for Nicole to describe her journey and connect to our interview because it's been an honor to have her over with such a short notice and she's a true inspiration. So I hope her story will inspire you too. 
Nicole, welcome back and thank you for coming back. It was a mind-blowing episode last time when we spoke about Constellation. And I have so many questions for you. I worked with you for two, three years or which felt like two, three hundred years, like we said. <laughs> and really, I experienced working with you kind of great understanding about myself and about how we function. And I always, I gained this connection with others through you. With learning about myself, it was almost like understanding the connection with others. It was the way for me. But working with you, actually, it was kind of a mystery because like you said in our previous episode, that it's all about the other person and you keep that space very clearly. If anyone has a session with you, it's just about that person. I barely remember you saying the word I in a session, you know, and that is very unique and very rare because we live in a society of I, 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 and in our minds, it's all about I, I, I. We are all our own heroes in a way. But meeting you and experiencing your work, I never get to hear the word I, which means that I don't know much about you. (laughs) 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 And just like having this constellation and talking with you about how things work, I just realized, how did you arrive to this point of awareness in your life? What was your journey like and what made you drive towards this direction and how did it begin? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like some of you may find inspiration in that story. Okay. Some of us may find inspiration in that story. Yeah, thank you for asking. I remember very clearly that at the age of five, I didn't want to accept any rules given by other people, which I didn't confirm. And I asked my father, when does the time come that I decide about it? And he said, in exactly 13 years, because in Germany you are at the age of 18, able to decide on your own, and you are fully responsible then. And I looked at him, and I gave myself a promise, it won't take that long. So that was my entry point in feeling free and only limited by the circumstances. At the age of five, this is? Yes. Okay. Yes. And that was the moment I understood that it is not about me because I'm free and I can look at people and they will never, never change what I'm sensing and who am I. But that they can only restrict the field or the acting out and they can restrict my opportunities or possibilities. Mm -hmm. And there was always a way around that. Because if they are not really smart, I could outsmart them and go around and bending rules and understanding it differently and doing it my way. And then afterwards asking, did it any harm to anybody? And that was never the case. And that was that I couldn't have expressed it, but I understood if you behave that it is not disturbing the greater good, not harming people or living creatures or whatever, or the nature, if you behave in the meaning of a loving greater good, nobody can really be angry with you. So I could put my interest in that and just ask for that question and then doing it my way. And it was that I experienced during my whole youth that adults were really shaking their heads and going into their hair with their hands and saying, what the hell is this 
kept doing. <laughs> and you can't blame her for it. But it's not our rules, you know. She has to obey to these rules. And then they try to explain it to me why it's important and so. And then I ask questions. And I more than once left these people in deep thoughts because they understood that it was not always reasonable to have these rules. And this was very straining for my teachers. <laughs> I had a very fun. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being a teacher at school and having you as a student. <laughs> my mother had weekly phone calls from the directors. <laughs> They exchanged about what I already, or again did, what I already managed to change or whatever. So that was a little bit of a stress for everyone, but to be honest, for me as well. Because I was in a constant somehow row with everyone there, with the roots, with everything that was going on and always in discussions and so on. So that was not funny in the end. Some occasions, of course, yeah, I can laugh about them nowadays as well. There are little anecdotes I like to, mm -hmm. to share. So, But it was a constant battle. And this was something that was later on very important to understand that I was entering at the age of five somehow in the battle. And at the age of 14, I started clear hearing. So I received information, which I didn't know what to do with it, about the progress of the whole world, of uh, humankind, of what's going on. And I said, who the hell wants to know that? You know, I was 14 years old. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. I couldn't really place it somewhere. I couldn't talk about it because people would look at me and say, Are you crazy? You know, the guys at school, 14 years, you know, puberty kicking in, the hormones, everything else is much more important than the development of planet Earth. You know, you give a shit at that age. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was somehow interesting. And then it started that I could look at somebody's eyes and then I told them what's coming up the next three years for them. And then I understood that this is not wished if I don't ask if they want to know. That was the first step in becoming clear about not being a missionary or something. And that this was my gift for me, in a way, was nothing that was to be spread all over the place because people were sometimes really afraid or shocked or didn't want it, even if there was no shocking information, just random stuff. So that was kind of difficult to develop this social bondings to people, to groups, to the people at my age, because I was starting to be somehow somebody who was standing aside and seemed, mm -hmm, I get what's going on there, but I was not really any more part of it. And that's a difficult skill to develop, like when you see so clearly something about someone, but perhaps they know deep inside, but they don't want to hear about it. Like, it's very hard to kind of zip it up and say, okay, I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, in parallel, I had a lot of contact to psychologists because a member of my family was diagnosed and often in clinics and suicidal and so on. So I developed a sense when this person was near suicide again and then intervened because in the clinics they didn't get it and so on. So that was going on in parallel to my school time that I read a lot of books, no, not a lot of, but a couple of books about psychology and psychiatry, mm -hmm. and that I understood the basic principles there and had a lot of talking with those guys working as therapists. Mm -hmm. And they always asked me at which university I was studying, and I said, no, I'm 15 or 16. 
And I came across much older, of course, because of the knowledge already, because I discussed factual things about therapy and how people are functioning and what's possible to change and whatnot. And then I came to the conclusion, I won't study psychology because they don't know what they're doing. And they come with the approach, we can't heal, we can just make them functioning again. And that approach was something I didn't want to follow mm -hmm. up with. So I didn't go there. And I, I experienced in early times the mental powers and how you are able to manipulate other beings. And I tried it with animals to connect on the mind, mental level with them and to make them approach me or so. And then I understood, okay, mm -hmm. it's possible. It's no good because it's not about that. But what is this power good for? Okay, I can understand them better. I can leave them alone. But if they open up to me, I can understand them better. But I have to leave them with what their decision is and not making them doing anything. So that was very good pre-training for working with people. Because if you start to manipulate, oh gosh, don't think about it. Yeah. And here comes the kind of roots of what we talked in the previous episode about leaving yourself alone, leaving yourself out of the equation, because this is about the other person. And that was the start of that. I experienced that strongly. And I had really a bad conscience about making that little rabbit coming to me, you know, but nothing harmful happened. But that was me. And I said, oh, that's not good. Don't go there. And that was so clear in me that I was never tempted to try it on people. Mm -hmm. And that was very good, mm -hmm. you know, because there I could start. And at the age of 16, my physics teacher was the first one to come into session with me because of her marriage problems. So it started already at school time that I gave sessions to people to reconnect them with, with their potential because that was what I found out in the first place, that if people come to me and we talk, that my allowance of my inner freedom gave them the space to reconnect to themselves and their freedom to act differently, that they found the courage, for example, to end a relationship or to start it even, to take another decision, which was before restricted by their thoughts of fear mm -hmm. and find courage is overcoming fear. That was a simple equation. So that was my first step into working with people. Looking back now, how do you see your gift has evolved? How is it different than the gift that you discovered and started to use for the benefit of others at the age of 16? It is, of course, the more my awareness growing or expanding the more influence you have on your environment without doing anything. This understanding that there's nothing to do, just to be, that your pure existence is radiating the energy and that there's nothing else that you need to do in order to provide healing energy in your world, wherever you are. That is, of course, a constantly expanding process Do we all have this potential healing energy? Yes. Is that what we are in a way? We are, are we all healers here? Yes, that's what we are here for. And I stumble over the word healers because, yes, of course, that's, you know, healing is living because you can exchange those two words. You are alive, so you are a healer because this is what we come for. Other people say we are coming for awakening or we are coming for enlightenment. You can all exchange these words because they describe only that we remember who we truly are. 
because we are coming as souls and we are complete and we are in the full potential, unimaginable to us here on this planet, limited by our minds and psyche that we have here as an incarnation and walking around. But what is the whole thing about is to remember the vastness of energy we are. And it's just this awakening process, this healing process, this expansion process of coming back to who we truly are in the first place. So there's nothing to gain. There's nothing to grow, really, if we look from that perspective. It's just to reveal the true... The true us. <laughs> the true us. There's something not coming because there's no word for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not a self. It's just really a soul expressing itself in this context. So is there something we're trying to heal here? Because if we are this unlimited creature's energy in essence, and then we are wearing these limited bodies restricted by time and space and all that, it must feel very claustrophobic for our original selves, I guess. Why do we do this? What is this journey? Why do we have to wear these limited clothes in order to reveal something unlimited? Or what are we trying to heal? We are not trying because try is a lie. We are doing it constantly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't understand that we are doing it even if we think we are in trouble or we are struggling with things. The moment we realize we are in trouble, it's the moment that we contribute to this greater plan, <laughs> so to say. And it is because, you know, a soul is unlimited, but there is no way of expression. So to be a human being is the most dense form of existence because it's a cellular restriction we choose here. And to really bring that onto a higher level of vibrance of energy is the hardest work you can ever do because it's easy on electromagnetic fields to give impulses and to change everything and to create. Yeah, it's immediately there. But to go through this cellular context, the molecules, the atoms and all that, which are the time and space restriction we experience here, but we are moving it and we are really transforming it. Yeah? So this is what happens, even through a metabolism. We can't stop that, you know, but it is a constant process that is somehow reflecting that life is that, nothing else. It's beautiful how you're describing it, because I see like the entire population of this planet, like being like a, I don't want to say like troop of soldiers but being all together on a mission to spread more like compassion and understanding and to grow together and who knows you know that's the mysterious part of like to see the outcomes of our work together is perhaps incomprehensible because it has this ripple effect we do something and we don't know where it's going to end like the constellation I came to, I didn't think it will end to you coming to the podcast. And who knows what our listeners will do with all this information. And you're giving us a download here. I feel like I need to go back and listen to this episode again. <laughs> yeah, thank you for <laughs> So I'm curious about the ripple effect of all these conversations with you. Thank you so much for coming, Nicole. And for our listeners, Yeah, please call us on our hotline and email us. And if you have any questions, you can get in touch with us. Or if you have any questions for Nicole, you can get in touch with her directly at her website. It's youchange.com.
youchange.com. Nicole, thank you so much. And I really hope you will come and join us again. I have always more questions for you because the more you answer, the more I want to ask. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for this conversation. And I'd love to come back. <laughs> thank you, Nicole. Ila, part two definitely delivered. That was another fantastic interview you did with Nicole. I just want to learn more. So thank you for doing that. I'm sure you could do probably eight more interviews. And if Nicole is open to it in the future, we can have her back on. I'd love to listen into your conversations. I want to remind everyone that they can visit Nicole at youchangeug.com. That's the letter U, change, U-G, Com. And when you go to the site, it's going to be in German. So if you speak German, you're good to go. But if you speak English, as I do, in the upper right-hand corner of her website, there is an English version. So you don't even have to use Translate or any apps or anything like that. You just click English, just look for it in the upper right-hand corner, click that, and you have the full English version of the website, which is very, very interesting as well. So I just wanted to mention that. Do you have any words to close this up that you'd like to share with everyone, Ela? I would like to admit that I already asked Nicole if she would be willing to join us again. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. That's awesome. I know. And I was like, she was like, yeah, of course. And I already have some topics in my mind. I would like to talk with her and ask her her take on that. Because what we talked to is a bit abstract. You know, it's magic. It's fascinating. But then there are these worldly problems that we have to deal with. So I wanted to kind of invite her again and then ask her how she approaches those problems and what's her take on that. So if you liked her interviews and her work, keep an eye or an ear, you know, on Peaceful Ease podcast and also visit her website. And she does work with individuals. She does do Skype calls. So get in touch with her. That's awesome. Thank you so much again for doing this, Ela. Thank you, Nicole, for agreeing to do this at very short notice. It was just awesome stuff. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I've had a lot of fun listening to these interviews. I love when you do interviews, Zila. You need to do more. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. There are so many gifted people out there, and we are all working for the same cause. And it's so nice to kind of connect and pass on their message. So there is more aligned. I have more surprises for you. Well, I can't wait for that. So I just want to remind everyone that if you want to share feedback with us, again, the Peaceful Ease hotline, 424-625-5562 is that number. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com is where you can email us. And as always, follow us online at PeacefulEase.com. Ela, thank you again so much, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, Mario. Thank you for listening, everyone. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself. <laughs>